Hi, I'm Lisa Prather, and welcome to The Voice of Health with our host, Dr. Robert Prather of Meridian Health and Wellness, where lives are changed every day through the natural approach to health care. Well, today's show is about measles. Why all the hype? And Dr. Prather, there's just a lot of um, media attention mm-hmm. right now with measles and vaccinations, and um, why all the hype? Well, it, that's... Uh that's a good question. Uh, there is a an increase, definitely, in the number of measles cases, but of course, measles was pretty low before. Uh, the question is: is you know, are measles going to return? Uh, one, we uh, most of the measles that we were getting in the United States was actually coming from overseas. Uh, measles uh, as coming from a, a kind of like an endemic within a, a population. And, uh, I was born back in 1957, and uh, basically everybody got You're the measles. You're telling your age. I am. <laughs> but, you know, back when I was as a right. kid, everybody got the measles. Mm-hmm. Uh, now it's actually a, a very rare disease. Uh, it doesn't happen very often in, in the United States. Um, well, they said in 1963... There was an estimated three to four million cases each year. Right. And um, this report is back in, oh, 2004, only 37 cases were reported. Sure. Uh, Now, last year there was about uh, 600 cases Mm -hmm. of uh, measles. So it was something that, you know, it wasn't completely eradicated. A lot of the measles cases came from people who had gone overseas and come back. Uh, but it had gone from an endemic uh, where everybody got it, mm-hmm. uh, which I did, um, to something that uh, most children actually didn't didn't have. Oh, so you had the measles. I had the measles, yes. Uh, as uh, you do a, a titer on myself, I, I am immune to, to the measles. Uh-huh. Uh, it, I had a very mild case. Um, I think I might have been, I had a little fever for one day, and then I was off and running. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, so it, it wasn't, it, as a matter of fact, one of the things that moms would do is they would find out, you know, which kid had the measles, especially if it was during the summer so he wouldn't miss school. Mm-hmm. And they would pop you over there. As a matter of fact, that's exactly what my mom did. Uh, it, it, you know, measles is extremely contagious. Mm-hmm. If you actually Didn't get... Didn't take much, huh? No, if you, uh, you know... You, you talk about you know something that is has a contagion. Uh, measles is is probably the most contagious uh, virus out there. Mm. If you were in a plane uh, with someone who had the measles and they sneezed, uh, basically you had a ninety percent chance of catching it mm. if you hadn't caught it before. That's a high percentage. That's a very high percentage. Uh, but one of the nice things about actually catching the measles is that uh, you know once you had it. Uh, you know, you were immune for life. Mm-hmm. And uh, it, it wasn't really that that big of a deal. Uh, but, you know, now uh, people are concerned because, uh, you know, of the possibility of the return of it uh, after it had been worked out. So uh, it, it's, you know, we've had about, uh, within a month, about uh, uh, 100 different cases going on. Uh, there are about, I think, about 120 at this point. So if that would continue, then that would be a, a definite increase, and it's something that can spread very quickly. Is that the hype, then? There's been... Yeah, I mean, there's, it's a hype that measles might return. 
uh, you mm-hmm. know, as a uh, endemic type of a situation again. And uh, there, there's a, uh, the, you know, it's it's actually a worthy debate. Is that something that, that we should be concerned about? Okay. So what causes measles? Well, the measles are actually called, uh, are caused by a virus called a, a morbillivirus. And it is a um, actually a shift from a the information is it was actually caught from cattle Hmm. so one of the big things that uh, happens is a transfer from an animal to a a human Uh, it's uh, it's a very common route of a lot of the infections that people actually have and it probably from all the information that they had uh, can gather is that the present-day measles actually started in about the 11th century Hmm. So, f- from animal to human. Animal to human, usually from close contact. Matter of fact, that's one of the big things that people are concerned about, you know, what they call the bird flu. Mm-hmm. Because almost all the flus actually came from um, from birds. Uh, matter of fact, all flu viruses actually did. Hmm. So, you know, as, as you, that is, it introduces into a population, then it can become actually a major problem. It'd be interesting why the 11th century... Uh, yeah, I I don't know. Okay. <laughs> I found something you don't know. Yeah, <laughs> that's very rare. <laughs> How does measles spread? Well, uh, a cough or a sneeze, and you know, if you're in the back of a plane, and in just a few minutes, the virus is probably up there to the front. Hmm. So it's it's a uh, uh, you know just being in proximity of someone with the with the virus, and and they cough or sneeze at that point. Uh, the person's usually probably going to get it. So how long does it take to show signs of measles, you know, after you've be, uh, been exposed? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it takes about 10 to 12 days uh, from exposure to uh, actually getting uh, the measles, you know, the, the symptoms. Mm-hmm. Uh, it usually starts out with a fever. And then, of course, you have the uh, the classic rash uh, that, uh, you know, lasts usually about 14 days. Um and about two to three days after the fever begins is the classic type of symptoms of the uh, of the measles. You know, I can't remember if I've had the measles or not. I need to find out. Uh, we can actually do a blood test on you. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's one of the nice end. things. So the people who are actually concerned about that, it's it's actually easy to see if you actually have the measles or not by doing a, a blood test. And isn't that some of the concern, too, um, because you don't know right away? Until that rash appears, yeah, so you've been contagious. You've been contagious, actually. Once you've caught the measles after about four days, uh, you you start to become contagious. Hmm. So uh, you know, there, there, it's easy to spread without actually being aware that you shouldn't be around others. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, so that that's a big problem. And one, of course, the the big concerns is if you actually catch the measles, uh, you're immune for life. If you uh, have the vaccination, and that's your route of actually getting the immunization, you know, getting the uh, uh, immunity, it, it actually doesn't last for life. Mm, so you're not immune to it. You're not actually immune vaccine. to it, and, and that's act, that's one of the uh, uh, concerns. Mm-hmm. Is that there's a, a large population, and most people actually caught the measles as children, you know, way back mm-hmm. when. Uh, measles has a different, um, um, you know, if you are older, uh, just catching the measles at that point is actually a lot more serious. Mm-hmm. 
So, you know, measles... Anything that you catch when you get older. Right, the, mm-hmm. what they call the childhood diseases, you know, to, uh, to build up your immune system. Uh, you, you know, that is sort of when that is supposed to occur. Mm-hmm. You know, for populations that never had the measles, uh, it was devastating. Uh, in Cuba, uh, when measles actually first arrived in the indigenous population back in the 1500s, it killed about two-thirds of the uh, islanders. Mm. Uh, one of the things that is, uh, that, you know, why it's a childhood uh, disease is because, you know, and it's not really that big of a deal, is one, there's an inherited immunity because your ancestors had it, but also when you uh, nursed, uh, Mm -hmm. your mom actually gives you immunoglobulins to handle certain infections. So my mom had had the measles. So uh, when it when I caught the measles, uh, she actually transferred the immunity to me through uh, mother's milk, mm-hmm. and it wasn't any big deal for populations who had never been exposed to it. So they didn't have the genetic makeup to resist the disease. Uh, our mom couldn't actually transfer the immune system through the mother's milk. Uh, it was a very very deadly disease. So, you know, with the vaccinations, we've changed the whole picture of how this disease is actually going to work. And it, it's brought up some um, interesting scenarios that we're really not quite sure how that would uh, play out. Mm-hmm. So, you know, there is some concern as a healthcare professional on, you know, what is this going to mean for if measles does start to spread again, uh, you know, the people who are younger, who were dependent upon vaccinations for their uh, immunity, you know, for their not catching the measles, you know, how is that actually going to now play out in the disease if they actually Since catch Since they're it? not immune to them. Right. This is a whole new type of situation. Mm-hmm. Unlike someone like you who was exposed to them as a child. Caught um, it. Caught it. Had a mild case. You're immune now. Right. Um you don't have to worry about it in your adult life. Correct. Interesting. Interesting. Well, what are some of the symptoms of measles? Well, um, measles start out more like a what any type of upper respiratory type of infection. Uh, you get the runny nose. You get the cough. cough. Uh, there's a uh, last lack of appetite. Uh, pink eye mm. actually will occur. And then you've got the rash that goes from uh, head to toe. Uh, which is kind of the, uh, you know, the the classic sign of the measles, and I, I remember that, and uh, I had it, but I had it actually. Uh, usually, it's about five to six days, and I think I I had the rash for um, a day, maybe two days, and the fever only one day. And my mom giving me an oatmeal bath. Mm-hmm. Uh, that was sort of the classic type of thing that you right. did when you uh, had the measles, so uh, you know you wouldn't be uh, scratching and everything like that, and. Uh, you know, so it's it's a pretty classic type of a, a symptomatology. There are the viruses that can actually imitate that. So one of the things to do is to make sure that if you have that, that you get a good blood test and see if that's actually what's, what's occurring. And it's interesting. The rash usually um, begins at the hairline, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It goes, starts up there in the face and then kind of moves down the body. Sure. Some of the rashes actually start on the uh, on the stomach. Uh, some actually start on the feet. So uh, where the rash actually starts is one of the differential diagnoses that okay. can actually make a difference. 
All right. When we come back, let's talk about the possible complications from measles. You can win a free 60-minute massage in our relaxing spa at Meridian Health and Wellness. Each month, we have a drawing to give away a free massage to one of our lucky Facebook and Twitter fans. Follow us on Facebook and Twitter on our website at thevoiceofhealthradio.com. This is The Voice of Health with Dr. Robert Prather. The Voice of Health Wellness Tip with Dr. Robert Prather of Meridian Health and Wellness. Dr. Prather, what is ECP therapy? ECP stands for External Counterpulsation Therapy. And just to put it into a nutshell, uh, ECP is an aerobic exercise machine. Now you sit there and say, well, why do you need an aerobic exercise machine? Uh, It is the number one treatment for cardiovascular disease. If you look at the research and want to find out, well, how do I fix my cardiovascular disease, you know, whatever it might be, always within the uh, scientific literature, uh, aerobic exercise is one of the most proven, most effective means of reversing cardiovascular disease. So, but the problem is, is I have people who uh, I sit there and and I look at them and I say, well, you know, uh, you know, what do I do about this this uh, problem that I have, doc? And I said, well, go out and run five miles, you know, every day. <laughs> and of course, they all laugh because uh, you know it, it took every effort that they had from going to the waiting room into the uh, into the exam room, right. and they're out of breath. So uh, that that didn't work. So what? The uh, what was actually done was develop a machine that actually simulates the effects on the body of aerobic exercise, and that's where ECP comes in. And it, what occurs uh, with ECP is that there's actually a, a second heart kind of put into the into the body. Mm-hmm. It's on the outside, but uh, as the uh, heart goes into relaxation, that's when it actually gets its uh, blood. So what we do is we actually have uh, blood pressure cuffs around the legs. It uh, presses on, on, the, uh, on the legs, and we get a huge amount of blood that goes back up to the heart. And the heart is very regenerative, and you get about 10 times as much oxygen uh, with this particular type of treatment than uh, what you normally would. And you get a regeneration of the heart. You also get a, uh, a cleaning out of the arteries. And you actually get a huge amount of changes in the whole physiology of the body. So all the benefits of uh, aerobic exercise are actually found in ECP, which are absolutely the number one way that you can uh, be able to reverse cardiovascular disease, diabetes, and many other problems. Meridian Health and Wellness is currently accepting new patients for ECP therapy. To find out if ECP therapy is right for you, call our office at 317-848-8048. That's 317-848-8048. Or learn more on our website at thevoiceofhealthradio.com. I feel good. I knew that I would not. You're listening to The Voice of Health with Dr. Robert Prather of Meridian Health and Wellness, the most comprehensive wellness center in the Midwest. Well, today we're talking about measles. Why all the hype, you know, in the media? And um, Dr. Prather, you know, why there has been a slight increase in measles, right? I don't mm-hmm. know if slight's the right 
term. But why has there suddenly been an increase? Well, that's one of the uh, the big questions that you know people are are asking. And one of the things is that there is a lot of people who are no longer doing vaccinations. As a matter of fact, in some counties in uh, California, it's uh, uh, over 50% of the children aren't being vaccinated now. Uh, interestingly enough, the people who aren't vaccinating are the uh, the wealthier, mm-hmm. um, uh, well, more educated, educated people. Mm-hmm are opting out of vaccinations. So there is a, a uh, much to the chagrin of the Center of Disease Control and, uh, you know, the other people, you know, that they're actually lamenting is that there's a, uh, a, a feeling that we're being irresponsible uh, in not vaccinating our children mm. and that the uh, lack of vaccination is actually the cause of uh, the new measles outbreak. However, uh, you know, it would be interesting to know how many of them had actually been vaccinated and how many hadn't. Uh, there were a certain percentage of the children or the, you know, the people and children who actually caught measles uh, who were vaccinated because vaccination is not 100%. Uh, oh, so they just they still got the measles after being vaccinated. Yes, you can actually uh, get the measles after after vaccination. Uh, the figures actually vary on uh, what the percentage is. I don't think that there's actually been a long-term type of study on that. Uh, one of the things that can be done is, is as you are actually thinking about, uh, is this something that's, a, if you're really concerned about the risk for your child, uh, you know, if they say that you, well, you've been vaccinated, so, you know, there's no chance of actually getting it isn't true. Uh, you can actually do a blood test and find out if you do have the immune immunity on that. Um, and again, uh, one of the things that they did with the uh, MMR vaccination, which actually carries the measles uh, vaccination, is that they did two vaccinations now at this time. So you would actually get one at one year, and then you would wait, and then actually get another one later on, just to make sure that you actually have the uh, immunity. Mm-hmm. So you know it's a double shot on that, so it increases your chances of uh, getting the immune. So uh, they went from a one vaccine to a two vaccine because of the uh, rate of uh, problems. Mm-hmm. You know that that was showing up on how many people weren't actually immune to it. Uh, also, one of the things that they did is that they actually had the uh, the reason that they went to two is they actually had the first shot much much stronger than it used to be, uh, a higher number of viruses, and so one of the things to cut down on the number of reactions to vaccinations is they actually went uh, and made it uh, less potent oh, and decided okay. to go to two instead of one. So they're less potent, each one. Yeah, so they actually decrease the potency. Interesting. Yeah. Interesting. Well, I know we're going to um, come back to vaccinations and talk more about that, because yeah. that seems to be the root of, it, it, of it, this hype. This is really what the, you know, we're talking about the measles, but, you know, I don't really think it's the measles that we're really talking about. Mm-hmm. You, you know, the measles is sort of a... a, a uh, routes along those lines, but really what the hype is all about is the number of people who are deciding not to vaccinate. Mm-hmm. And is that something, the debate is is no longer mainly about the measles, 
but about whether there should be a requirement to, um, you know, making people vaccinate. Because, again, uh, you're getting the educated people who are deciding not to. Mm-hmm. And we, um, we decided before we had children that we wouldn't vaccinate our children. Um, that's, you came from that background. Um, sure. In your family, and um, yeah, my uh, grandfather was a chiropractor, and uh, my my mother wasn't vaccinated, and I wasn't vaccinated. And as we went into it, that was one of the things that we looked at. You know, is is vaccination something that we would choose for our own family? Mm-hmm. And uh, we decided not to after looking all, all, at all this. Mm-hmm. And one of the questions is, should we be able to have that choice or not? Mm-hmm. I think choice is good. Uh, <laughs> you know, it is awfully nice to uh, have the choice. And, of course, one of the things is, you know, in anything that you're talking about, you're weighing uh, different types of risks and benefits. Mm-hmm. You know, that's really where the, where the idea is coming from. You know, how much of a risk is my child... Uh, for the childhood uh, diseases. Now, uh, you know, I went through them without <laughs> a hitch. Mm-hmm. Um, our kids have gone through them without a hitch. Our yeah. kids went through without, you know, actually any type of issues whatsoever. Uh, you know, is this something that, you know, are the benefits actually outweighing the risk? And one of the things that you're talking about, of course, as you talk about this, the big th- the big uh uh, 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 giant in the room, mm-hmm. you know, that's kind of sitting there is autism. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of the things is back in the 1930s, aut- autism wasn't even, you know, hardly discussed. In the 1940s, uh, there was only 11 cases documented in the world on autism. Wow, in the world. Uh, you know, that were mm-hmm. actually documented both in Europe and the United States were the main places that they were looking at. Uh, back in 1980, uh, there was only uh, one in 10,000 children that had uh, autism. Uh, the rate of it at this point is one in 50. One in 50. So we went from one in 10,000 to one in 50. Mm-hmm. Uh, with And autism is a very, I mean, you know, that's an extremely serious type of, of disease, mm-hmm. you know, that you're, that you're looking at. Uh, and this isn't, you know, the, as you talk about the autism, you know, I've heard different arguments. Well, we're just recognizing it better. And, and all of that, you know, is just absolutely uh, hogwash. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, autism, ha- they've actually narrowed the, the um, rightly so, they've narrowed the criteria on what actually autism is. Uh, so it's not, a, it doesn't have quite as broad of a, of a um, coverage. Mm-hmm. So autism has gone from uh, 1 in 10,000 to 1 in 50, which is, you know, as we're talking about uh, being alarmed mm-hmm. about something. Uh, you know, we had these cases of the measles and nobody died. Mm-hmm. Matter of fact, there weren't any serious side effects. You know, in other words, there wasn't... In this increase. Recently. In this increase, yeah. Mm-hmm. The, you know, we, we're not talking about damage, uh, any type of damage to, to people. Mm-hmm. Um you know, if you're uh, looking at pre-vaccination deaths, uh, you had two to three million kids uh, coming down with uh, the measles a, a year. Uh, there were 450 deaths in 1963. Mm-hmm. You know, but that's a point zero zero two three seven percent. 
don't you just do that in your head? <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, that's a, a, a very small number of, of deaths. And, and as, they, as you research those, those were immune-compromised children, uh, children who were very, um, um, you know, malnourished. Mm-hmm. Uh, matter of fact, one of the ways uh, you know that uh, that measles was is actually very well treated uh, is cod liver oil. Mm. Uh, they have uh, vitamin A, vitamin D, vitamin E, uh, especially the large amounts of vitamin A. In oh, a, in and cod, cod liver oil used to be part of the meal, you know, at the end of your meal. Right. For well, a lot of families. Yeah. I mean, one thing that uh, was very, very popular, and actually we encourage uh, everyone in in our um, office, you know, as if you have a child, you should have some cod liver oil on hand to give them if they get sick, uh, any type of a virus. And it cod liver oil has an amazing effect on uh, the measles, on shortening and uh, reducing the, um, you know, the how long it lasts and how deadly, you know, I mean, how how much of an infection, how much of a fever, just give them cod liver oil and it really starts to move it. Matter of fact, vitamin A is is huge on on actually getting uh, the measles under control. I know, and they they have orange flavored and mint flavored <laughs> yeah, cod yeah, liver yeah. oil, and you got them the, in capsules. We I mean, carry them in capsules. Yeah, that's that's yeah. even better. Um, you <laughs> know, so still you don't smell even it. Have it. Yeah, <laughs> I know because I've taken it. <laughs> so uh, yes, I mean the the measles. Uh, if you are immune compromised, one of the main ways that measles became a problem is to the development of pneumonia. Um, yeah, some of the secondary bacterial infections. Yeah, mm-hmm. if you're talking about the complications along those lines, um, you know there was a lot of secondary types of things that could occur. Um, you know, you had the air infections that could occur, and that's an uh, immune compromised. In other words, you have the virus and bacterial infection set in uh, are the main things that can happen. Uh, you can get diarrhea, uh, which is usually as a result of being immune compromised. Uh, so, you know, those things can actually occur, uh, and most of them occur actually in, in younger kids and in, uh, older, uh, people. One, as you get older, your immune system drops, and when you're young, your immune system isn't really developed, especially if you weren't breastfed. Mm-hmm. If you're breastfed, your chances of developing complications of the measles, uh, actually increase exponentially. That's why breastfeeding is so important uh, yes. in every way. Sure, you know, it, but one of the complications of vaccinations is childhood asthma. Mm. And uh, the complications of childhood asthma uh, resulting in death is uh, 5,000 a year. Mm. So, you know, that's just one aspect of a possibility that vaccinations are actually causing an issue because there's a very strong correlation to vaccinating and not vaccinating and the uh, asthma rate of uh, children. Oh, yeah. So it just seemed like it's, it's increased. Right. So, you know, it, it's, again, uh, trying to look at this in a reasonable type of way. Yes, there are complications of measles. Is that something that can actually be worked on, though? Okay. When we come back, more measles. Why all the hype? Listen to the Voice of Health Radio on your smartphone or tablet on all of the top radio apps available. 
TuneIn Radio, Stitcher, and iHeartRadio. You can find these apps and more on our website at thevoiceofhealthradio.com. This is The Voice of Health with Dr. Robert Prather. Laughter is the best medicine. One trainer put me on the no-carb, the Atkins. Oh, I, they said after a week you won't have any carb cravings. I felt lied to. I had cravings. When you drive by a bakery and you jump out of a moving vehicle, that's a craving. I had hallucinations. I thought Dr. Phil was on my front lawn. John, come out here and exercise. You can't be big if your lifestyle won't allow it. Get off my lawn! Unless you have donuts. Every time the doorbell rang, I thought it was, I thought it was pizza. Come to save me. Healthy Lifestyles from Meridian Health and Wellness is a natural weight loss program with a proven record of success. Healthy Lifestyles is an individualized program that is tailored to each patient's needs. Healthy Lifestyles is not a trendy diet. The program actually resets your body's metabolism for optimal fat burning. The Healthy Lifestyles program includes concentrated vitamins and minerals that help you to burn fat and feel more energetic. Healthy Lifestyles provides support from a counselor and an exercise physiologist in order to maximize your results and help create new healthy habits in your life. The program even helped our own Dr. Prather to lose 24 pounds and shed 4 inches from his waist in just 12 days. Map out your weight loss plan with a Healthy Lifestyles counselor at Meridian Health and Wellness. 317-848-8048. That's 317-848-8048. Or on the web at thevoiceofhealthradio.com. I'm Lisa Prather, and you're listening to The Voice of Health with Dr. Robert Prather of Meridian Health and Wellness. Today we're talking about measles, why all the hype? And Dr. Prather, you said the measles can be diagnosed by a combination of patient symptoms sure, and through lab work, correct? Right. Once you establish the symptomatology, it, it is best to uh, do the lab test. As a matter of fact, it should be required because that is something that should be documented. And if you do have the measles, uh, definitely you know you need to be quarantined so mm-hmm. that you don't uh, spread it because, uh, uh, you know, the people could be at risk for that. So it is something that, that should be That means you just get to stay home, watch TV. You get to stay home, right. <laughs> Have oatmeal baths. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's talk about treatment. Is there treatment for measles? Well, if, if someone actually does have the measles, there are, uh, medically, there are some uh, antibodies to the measles that, uh, you know, that you can actually... Um, get an injection on, but it, basically medically they don't have a treatment. But as I say, vitamin A is absolutely wonderful for shortening uh, the measles. The best way to take that is the cod liver oil. Uh, but also uh, we use homeopathy. Uh, homeopathy is absolutely amazing on stimulating the immune system and getting a, uh, a change in uh, all sorts of infections. So there are ways to stimulate uh, in a, a functional medicine office mm-hmm. to uh, combat the measles. So, you know, if that's one of the, the benefits, uh, you know, we had talked about antibiotics, you know, is antibiotics going to be gone? Uh, you know, 
in coming up with new uh, ways of approaching a disease, which are actually old ways, yeah, but not not Bring in the, the old ways back, not in the common vernacular of of the present time, is that these things can be treated, and one of the ways that you can treat that is not by going after the virus itself, but increasing the uh, the immune strength of the individual. Mm-hmm. Uh, again, measles for a healthy individual uh, who has been. Uh, you know, had all the uh, the uh, breastfeeding, mm-hmm. uh, who have uh, have a good nutritional diet, uh, are healthy, uh, are not immune compromised. Uh, measles is no big deal. Uh, however, there are a lot of people who are immune compromised, and measles is a very big deal for them. Right. So, they say, you know, measles measles is more severe in malnourished children particularly those with vitamin A deficiencies. Sure, and, and you know, this brings up a, a, a very definite point. You know, how much do we, uh, you know, and, and the people who are actually for vaccinations bring up a very good point. You know, we, you know, taking care of the people who are weakest within society, and they have the whole idea of the herd immunity. But is this something that, is a is something that we are actually setting ourselves up for a disaster. Mm-hmm. You know, if we take away our ability to fight the virus uh, on a on a generational type of basis, because mom and dad had it, you know, one I I get the immune system, mm-hmm. but if you have a vaccination, the uh, immunity uh, there's a very good chance that that immunity will not pass on to the next generation. Mm. And then I think that's happening. Uh, that is a a concern if you're talking about long term, and you look at when the uh, measles then would be introduced, and uh, it's if it if it's if it shifts uh, genetically, if there's any types of changes, you know, and it did actually get into the population, what would actually happen? So th- there's a lot of questions, you know, and and there are are definite arguments on both sides. And one of the things that's really interesting is just the passion that this actually brings up. Mm -hmm. I mean, people feel it's like talking about religion and politics. Mm -hmm. Uh, We have a a real divide in this country on uh, vaccinations. Um, About 67% of the people uh, in the United States actually feel that immunization should be a, a legal requirement. How many people? Sixty-seven percent. Thirty-three percent said no. So you know, it should they be an individual have a choice. Yeah, they, they're actually not wanting people to have a choice. Where thirty-three percent of the people say, you know, uh, this is very serious. And people who have autistic children, um, we actually treat it an awful lot within our office, uh, are very adamant that uh, there was a uh, difference in their child immediately after the vaccination. And there's no way that you can convince them that the vaccination wasn't the cause hmm. uh, of their uh, of the damage. And these people are extremely, extremely uh, upset mm-hmm. and uh, feel like they've been lied to, you know, on the safety of vaccinations. And you're talking about one in fifty. I mean, this is a this is something that uh, is a a, a pandemic. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's it's crazy, and there is has to be some type of a reason. Matter of fact, they have said that it, it is toxins in the environment. 
Now, whether the vaccinations are actually a part of that, vaccinations are by their very definition a toxin Mm -hmm. that's introduced and at very critical times in one's life. So, you know, there's a a lot of evidence that, uh, you know, uh, that I have been able to read and see. Uh, The scientific community, uh, uh, the established scientific community, has said that they've completely debunked it. Uh, I have actually read the research uh, on both sides. Uh, my personal opinion, uh, reading the, the information, is is that um, the 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 link uh, is pretty well established. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know that goes against the the grain of the uh, established scientific community, but. The people, you know, the people who are actually doing this are the ones who are making the vaccinations and requiring you that you get it. Mm-hmm. So my feeling and my confidence in these individuals is very, very low. Mm-hmm. And I know you've done extensive research. There's been research published. There has been research published. Uh, they have um, discredited the information, but I've heard the people who did the research in their lectures and heard the people who uh, then went in and discredited the research and, um, uh, you know, listening to it, it was, I was on, the research seemed to be much more valid on uh, the ones that uh, were actually saying that there was a very strong link with the vaccination and, you know, I, I Definitely stand by that. the The science was much more sound. The reasoning, the the, uh, but you're talking about a, a very large, very powerful type of a uh, a system that actually has governmental backing. Mm-hmm. That uh, that says that uh, the the vaccinations are completely safe, and which is 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 you know is ridiculous. I mean, everybody knows that. You know, if you inject something like that into the system, uh, then there's no way that it can always be safe. And yes, they have acknowledged that the extent of the uh, changes that actually occurred with the vaccination are um, are definitely a, a, an issue. Now, the idea of vaccinations, I actually don't have any any problem with. Mm-hmm. Right, but um, like you said, we have homeopathics. We have homeopathics. There are other ways of, of approaching this. And, uh, you know, it's whether we're going to go with a disease model uh, and uh, how effective it is, or are we going to go with a structure function model. And it, it is an emotional debate. Uh, for those who are healthy, the structural functional model uh, provides much more safety, uh, a much better uh, outcome. Uh, for those who are nutritionally malnourished, uh, who aren't healthy, uh, you know, is is the is the disease model something that's more beneficial? Mm-hmm. So I can see some arguments on both sides. Mm-hmm. Uh, what is the answer? Uh, you know, uh, we've made some personal choices along those lines uh, as a community. What are those choices that actually uh, need to be made? Um, you know, it's something that's open to debate. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and right now you can get a religious exemption, um, you know, from getting your your child vaccinated. I know we would have to uh, 
um, write a letter every year um, that the school would have on file. Sure. Um, now, of course, when we uh, our children went overseas, uh, they did get certain vaccinations. Mm-hmm. So, but we just yeah, and we knew at a certain age when we felt their immune system, system. was nice and strong. Yes, yeah. When um, our my daughter and I went over to Africa, we did get the ones that were, um, you know, required. Of course, um, and that we had to get. Um, but you know, at that time, her immune system was strong and yeah, matured. Right. And that's one of the things that. You know, on an individual basis, everyone should have good, solid blood work, Mm -hmm. uh, be able to check and see what your uh, immune system is. So one of the things that we recommend for everyone is that they get a a good, solid blood test, uh, hair analysis, and a a diagnosis of the bowels, because the bowels is huge for the immune system. Mm -hmm. Um, Matter of fact, the recent research from the National Institute of Health is that Uh, 80% of your immune system actually comes from the gut. So, you know, how excellent those things are 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 standard types of things that everybody should be having done once a year and and trying to improve your immune system uh, is uh, something that no one can really argue with. Mm -hmm. You know, and so often it seems, you know, that people's immune system these days are just so compromised. Sure. You know. So, when we come back, more about measles and why all the hype. Never miss an episode of The Voice of Health so that you can stay informed and empowered about your health. Get a podcast of our show automatically delivered to you every week by signing up for our show on iTunes. You can find that link on our website at thevoiceofhealthradio.com. And don't forget, thevoiceofhealthradio.com has complete archives of all of our past episodes with an audio library of information to help you add more life to your years and more years to your life. This is The Voice of Health with Dr. Robert Prather. The Voice of Health Wellness Tip with Dr. Robert Prather of Meridian Health and Wellness. Dr. Prather, there was a major study by an insurance company that focused on the health care model you use in your office. What were the results of that study? It, it actually was quite a seismic mm-hmm. finding. Uh, I like that term. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Blue Cross Blue Shield of Illinois. Uh, it's a Chicago-based health maintenance organization. The group has 600,000 enrolled members. So they took about 10,000 of those mm-hmm. and put them in with chiropractors who are trained in the structure function model. Mm. Now, not all chiropractors are trained in the structure function model. These gentlemen uh, actually got uh, the same type of training that I had. And they were the primary care physicians. After five years, they had startling results. Mm. They had a reduction of 60.2% in hospital admissions. Wow. They had 59% reduction in hospital days. Mm -hmm. They had a 62% reduction in outpatient surgeries and procedures. And a remarkable 85% reduction in pharmaceutical costs. Wow. This resulted in a total savings in the first five years of 40% over all the other primary care physicians. 40%. 40%. 
40% reduction. If you can imagine that we could reduce our health care costs across the board by 40%. And get those kind of results. And uh, there were 80% less reactions. There was a, a reduction in lawsuits. Mm-hmm. There, was, there was a reduction in everything. Plus, the people were much, much healthier and much more satisfied. Mm-hmm. The interesting thing is that the specialists, the cardiologists, the oncologists, uh, the gastroenterologists, all the specialists, uh, as they, they were asked to rate the difference in the two different models. Mm-hmm. They gave the structure function model as the primary care mm-hmm. coming in a 96% satisfaction rating, hmm. and they gave the disease model as primary care a 40%. The results are, are indisputable. Schedule your appointment at Meridian Health and Wellness by calling us at 317-848-8048. That's 317-848-8048. Or learn more on our website at thevoiceofhealthradio.com. Meridian Health and Wellness, restoring hope. You're listening to The Voice of Health with Dr. Robert Prather of Meridian Health and Wellness, where our mission is restoring hope to our patients. We are back with um, measles, why all the hype? And Dr. Prather, we were talking about vaccinations and you feeling that that is really what the issue is about, not per se measles, measles, although there's been an increase. Right. And... um, People believe it's because less people uh, or more people are not choosing to actually get the vaccination. A lot of people are are taking exemptions, and that number is rising, and it's actually rising mostly among the more educated people. Mm -hmm. The higher your education, the less likely you are to get your child vaccinated. So the debate is, do they take away that exemption, right? Right. Is that something that, uh, as a society, that, one, we should or have the right to uh, not to allow people to make that choice? Mm-hmm. So, you know, that, and that's the big qu- uh, question. And the media has come out very strongly and, and uh, very forcefully uh, in favor of those who are uh, going to try to take away the, uh, the right of people to uh, make that choice. And one of the things is that there have been some presidential candidates who have actually said that that shouldn't be. Uh, Chris Christie, uh, Paul Rand, uh, both have come out and said that they don't agree with that uh, statement. Now, they themselves had their children vaccinated. Mm -hmm. So it's not that they're actually against vaccinations. What they're against is the government being able to tell you on what you can do and what you can't do. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, especially something as personal as a as a vaccination, and you actually then have the right uh, to determine someone's health, um, you know, their health choices, mm-hmm. uh, even if there is a negative effect on that. Uh, you know, there there is some uh, compelling reasons on why some people wouldn't want to have that done. Uh, so you know, it's it's something that is uh, poignant. Uh, has uh, has very strong implications. You know, what if, uh, you know, y- y- how much do we have the right to tell people and what to do? Uh, you know, type 2 di- diabetes causes a, a lot more types of, of uh, death 
uh, do we have the right to then tell people how and that's usually how from people's choices, weight. right? Yeah, I mean, to lose weight, uh, you know, that they're creating a, a an issue on that. Uh, you know, is this something that uh, if you are if you are sick, if you have, uh, you know, I mean, you spread diseases more, you know, mm-hmm. so, you know, they say, well, you know, you're affecting me. Well, if you're actually sicker than what you should be, your chances of actually getting diseases actually become higher. You know, where mm-hmm. do we actually draw the line <clears throat> becomes the question. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it's a very important, and it's actually one of the things is that the people who are pro-vaccination uh, says when uh, uh, the two presidential candidates came out and said, you know, we're actually for people's choice. They said, well, we shouldn't politicize that. But we're going to require the government and all politicians to say that you're for vaccinations. So as long as you're coming out for vaccinations, then that's not politicizing it. <laughs> if you are coming out and saying that you are against vaccinations, well, you're politicizing it. It should be the scientists who decide. Because uh, President Obama came out and was lauded for saying, no, you have to have vaccinations, that there really shouldn't be any exemptions. And he wasn't politicizing it because he was saying the, the thing that they wanted to hear. If someone came out and said, no, I vaccinated my own children, but, you know, I encourage people to vaccinate, but, you know, that really should become someone's choice, you know, because there's a lot of people who have very strong feelings and that really have a doubt on the validity of that for their child. And some it's more than feelings, you know, they... People They've experienced it. Experienced it or researched it, like us. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, there was, uh, you know, uh, there are several parents that I know that, you know, said, "Well, I didn't vaccinate my other two children because my uh, first child is autistic," mm-hmm. and I saw it with the. So, you know, y- y- you are going to vaccinate my child over my dead body. Mm-hmm. You know, so they feel very, very strongly with it. With a, a I feel a very, very good reason. Uh, you know, should people and. It was the the uh, the hypocrisy in the media on that type of thing was just so blatant. Uh, how anybody could actually buy, uh, you know, those types of a of a comments is mm-hmm. is yeah. <laughs> you know. I mean, if there if there's allowed to be a debate on one side, there should be a, allowed to be a debate on the other. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> so you know, as we look at that, is that something that should be uh, required, or is that something that is actually free choice? And that's really what the debate comes down to. Right. This is what it's all about. That's really not where the the, it's not the measles. The measles is actually a, a very small number. Uh, nobody's dying from it. Uh, it is. Uh, it is something that uh, could become endemic again. Again, you, you know, if you talk about um, you know the number, you, you're more likely. Of committing suicide uh, by four times than um, than dying from the measles, even when it was active. Mm-hmm. So, it, you know, it's it's a it's you know it's it's about whether we should be able to require vaccinations or not. Okay. Is really what it's come down to. Well, let's talk about those that choose to to vaccinate the MMR uh, vaccine. Who should not receive it? Well, if if you are have autoimmune diseases, uh, if you're if you're pregnant, uh, uh, the pregnancy might uh, terminate terminate with the uh, vaccination. Uh, if you uh, have any type of a immune compromise, 
uh, you shouldn't actually get the vaccination because your chances of having adverse reactions are extremely high. Uh, so having it checked out, uh, if you also have egg allergies, because the the uh, virus has actually grown in um, in eggs. So, you know, any types of situations along those lines, you should not have the vaccination. As a matter of fact, that was one of the arguments that uh, that they brought up in the news, is that there are children who are immune compromised and don't feel safe going to, to school. Mm-hmm. You know, that uh, they were wanting all the other children to make sure that they were vaccinated, you know, requiring that. Uh, so that their child could go, uh, which is a compelling argument. Mm-hmm. But uh, it is something to be aware of and uh, know when and know when not to actually get the vaccination. So you should consult your doctor and give a thorough history before you go in and get your vaccination. Okay, well, let's talk. Let's go back to treatment. Um, you said medically there's really no treatment um, for the measles. Um, we talked about homeopathy. Sure. Um, we have a lot of um, parents that, you know, we give them the information, they decide, and they uh, might decide to vaccinate, and they bring their children in before the vaccination and after. Would you like to talk about that with our remaining time, Dr. Prather? Absolutely. We have uh, different types of products. Uh, we have a, a pre-vaccination uh, homeopathic uh, we also do some herbals beforehand, and then we also treat uh, immediately afterwards. Uh, I had a, uh, a a woman who felt that she was really well. I've actually had several that felt that they were uh, uh, required, you know, to do the vaccination, and it was they were in situations that they really had to, mm-hmm. even though their child had actually had a reaction the first time that they had the vaccination. So there was a lot of concern, I think, of one woman especially, who uh, the child immediately after the the vaccination, the whole night screamed. Mm. You know, very, very scary. Uh, She tried to get an exemption the next time when the next vaccination was coming up. Mm -hmm. And uh, the doctor said, well, there was no permanent damage. Yes, your child screamed, had a rash, had fever. Uh, But, you know, that can be expected. Uh, that was not really uh, reassuring. To hear. Yeah, that was not reassuring to her. No, there wasn't any permanent damage. There so. was no permanent damage. Uh, so she brought her in. He, she brought the the boy into me. I said, "Well, you know, we can actually work with this. You know, which vaccinations are you doing?" We made up some homeopathics, did some herbals, and uh, the child got the vaccination. We saw him immediately afterwards. Uh, she said he was a little bit moody, but that was it. Mm-hmm. You know, so a totally different type of reaction, and oftentimes the second time is much, much worse, you know, mm-hmm. than the first time. So she was, the, the doctor was actually expecting the child to go through the same thing, uh, and there was absolutely no problem. So for those who are, uh, you know, going through with the vaccinations, there are ways to work it out before you guys actually had your vaccination. I gave you things to take. Mm-hmm. And you had absolutely no, no. problems with them. Yeah. Uh, you know, with even the normal types of things. Well, thank you, Dr. Prather. We, we need to, to end, unfortunately. Very good show. Thank you again, Dr. Prather. Meridian Health and Wellness is located at 8902 North Meridian Street on the north side of Indianapolis, just south of the I-465 loop. If we can help you to achieve better health, we'd love to hear from you. 
Connect with our office at 317-848-8048. That's 317-848-8048. Join us again here next week or anytime on our website at thevoiceofhealthradio.com. For The Voice of Health with Dr. Robert Prather.